I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know, but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This week, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, friendships. So we're continuing our series on emotional intelligence with emotional intelligence coach, Sarah Joseph. Hi, Sarah. Hello, I'm excited for our topic today. I know, me too. I feel like this is, I mean, friendships, you know, when you think of um, dating and relationships, which is something we just talked about in the the previous episode, dating is something that kind of happens, you know, maybe more into your late teens, 20s, and beyond in relationships anyway of of a romantic nature. But friendships, it's funny, because one of the first questions we have here is what's the longest standing friendship you currently have in your life and friendships start from like, birth so like some of them are you know forever and so I think that it's one of my favorite topics too because I think that friendships change I think that we're all starting there's more um conversation around like okay what are boundaries in friendships when do you end a friendship like more around Mm -hmm. that than there was in the past I think because we're all so um, connected now on social media, like people that you wouldn't have kept in touch with. If you like moved provinces, mm-hmm. you would have kind of just like maybe had a phone call yeah, once in a while. And then, then that would have faded. But now we have all these people surrounding us all the time. So we follow their lives. And I think there's probably a little more, I don't want to say pressure, but there's a little more oppor- or opportunity to maintain friendships too. Sometimes I feel a little like I don't know if pressure is the right word, but like, I loved these people. I want them in my life still. How do you maintain this when you don't necessarily live nearby? Um, So anyway, I'm excited to dive into this today. So one of the first questions that we kind of want to talk about is what's that longest standing friendship you have in your life currently? And that's what made me think of all that verbiage I just spewed and that it really, I mean, yes, my sister mom dad sure like familial relationships but outside of that like the longest ones were my neighbors and like they were born and we were friends instant like we you know we just like how how many years sorry how many years like like 30 plus years like my most I guess my longest would be like 36 wow that's a long time like literally since you're born right like and so I guess there's maybe not all those elements of friendship but if you think of like 
your neighbor hood friends like those are really like the first people you start playing with like the first mm. right like it's the first so that, people you create so much intimacy with right yeah. there's people that really become your second family yeah right? totally so, yeah. is that the longest do you and I mean now I think it's interesting too of like how we all live like I just noticed that even how I live now like growing up like we were best friends with our neighbors that doesn't really I don't know other maybe if people that have kids it's different but like i I don't notice that as much as an adult, like being best friends with the people across the street from me. Like I was oh, when I was I get a kid. That. I get that. I actually was just talking to my best friend about this. And we were mm-hmm. talking about how, you know, when on the street that I used to live on, when I was living at with my parents, um, there would always be so many kids and every the entire neighborhood were friends, right? Like all the yeah. kids were friends. It didn't matter about your age. It didn't matter how you looked. like none of that yeah. mattered. And they were always outside playing, riding bikes, scooters, and like rollerblades. Like there, my street was very active. And then if I go back to visit, it's dead. Like there's yeah. nobody playing. There's nobody outside having fun. People would do garage sales. I remember, mm-hmm. and they would even do uh, like yard sales and they just do like street parties. Like the, it was fun. It was alive right but now I guess that emotional intimacy has definitely increased and if you think about it decreased sorry but if you think about it like our lives have changed so much with COVID and just so many things to be kind of more worried about uh, Mm -hmm. about the world around us anymore that we don't entirely feel safe making those connections anymore Mm -hmm. right so or we make them all online so Mm -hmm. our environment has definitely changed because I know when I was a kid I did not have access to a phone and the only thing I had was to go outside and make friends like mm-hmm. that is what you had to do yeah. for us to do that. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. It's so different now, but that it's interesting that those friendships were the longest and still like f- still currently in my life anyway. And, you know, I think why that question of like, why are you still friends? Yeah. Why um, is this? <laughs> you said 36, 37 years. How is it still happening? Why are you guys? I think friends? it's because what you said, it's because you do and maybe it's specific to neighbors. No, I don't even know this is specific to neighbors. Cause I think of the friends that we made when we were young. Cause even like the next step beyond those friendships of neighbors would be like your school friends. Mm-hmm. Right. And I still have one of my friends who I'm going to her cottage this weekend. I literally met in nursery school. So mm-hmm. I would have been like four or five. And then the next step from that would maybe be the ones you met in like sports, <clears throat> which like, they were all over this weekend too, like with their family, those were family friends too. So I guess why you're still friends is I think bigger than the individual relationship in some ways. And because they're part of these like ecosystems and communities. So when I think of like the neighbors, um, very much like part of the family. Um, and, And I think about the, I mean, even the friends that our families made in sports, again, come to all the family functions. Like you really integrate into these. And when I think of my friend from nursery school and then my friends in junior, senior kindergarten, that will all also be there this weekend. Like, I think it's because we've created this, this group. So it's not necessarily like one friendship because when you think of just two individuals and you tell me, but my guess is two individuals is harder to maintain as a, as a friendship than if there's a group that like, because if you have two, if someone's not feeling it, they can kind of pull away, right? But if you have a group, say you have five and one person's not feeling it and they kind of take a second, one of those other four might have the bandwidth to kind of like 
reach out and pull back in versus right. when you're in a group of two if one pulls away the other is like oh they're pulling away again I don't have capacity for this then it starts to break away so I, I could agree I could agree with that definitely being right. someone who was I'm personally was someone who just kind of relied on having very individual friendships and then moving into having more of a group setting. Now I could see, yeah, when there is an imbalance in, you know, a relationship and the friendship, you definitely, I definitely noticed that the other members of the group will definitely try to aid in trying to, you know, bring that back in or help you resolve it or to, you know, reduce the conflict in some type of way. So that's great because you've created a lot of emotional safety between each other. Mm. For me, my la- longest standing relationship would be roughly thir- anywhere between 13 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a long time. And it's so with long, one yeah. specific individual and we met in middle school and mm-hmm. it was just like the most craziest way, the most stupidest thing ever. And then ever since we have been, you know, we've been friends mm-hmm. and we've been through, you know, a lot. Right. And it, like you said, being just an individual group. But I think groups also definitely go through it as well, because relationships and friendships are always evolving and they're actually yes. not much different from our intimate relationships with. Um, our significant others, right? They all require the same ingredients to keep going, right? They may look different on the outside, but on the inside, they require the same amount of love, attention, you know, and kindness um, from both parties. So why have we, you know, still remained friends? Oh my God, we still remain friends because we are able to resolve our conflict in a way that is much different than any other relationship. And I think that's more something we've worked on in the past couple years, right? And we've always treated each other like sisters, right? And like any sisters, we fight, right? And Mm -hmm. what's great is that we were able to create a process when we do get into arguments and fights and when we do not agree with each other, right? And I think that's kind of the beauty of our relationship, at least, is that we have really beautiful moments. And when we have moments that don't feel that great, we don't lash out at each other to the point that we need to end the relationship, right? We, I would say that it is a myth to ever think that, to ever never, to never have a thought that you ever wanted to leave the relationship, right? There has to be, you know, some type of wanting or longing to let go, but that actually ends up bringing you closer. So I think in the weirdest way, loving each other also comes from giving each other the freedom freedom to love each other from a distance if that's the case so something we've talked about at least me and my friend me and my best friend was we gave each other permission to walk away if the relationship was never serving us right if we were never feeling full and whole and content in the relationship we said as hard as it is going to be to let go we want you to be happy. Like, I want you to be happy. That is my result for you. That is my end goal for you. That is my intention for you, right? And if I ever impede on that, I want you to know that it's okay to walk away, right? It's okay. And it is going to be hard, but I can support that decision. And what that ended up doing was allowing us to admit that, yeah, there were times we wanted to walk away, but it actually made us want to bring us closer together. And when we gave each other the emotional freedom, to say it's okay to leave if you need to, if I impede on your happiness, that brought us so much closer together and it created so much more emotional intimacy because we were no longer feeling the pressure of needing to stay with each other if it didn't work out. 
And what about our families? And what about this? And what about that? And what about, you know, X, Y, and Z in our group of friends? Like we really set each other free. And because we set each other free, it allowed us to create so much more capacity within ourselves to love each other that our emotional vulnerability with each other is through the roof, right? Now we're able to be there for each other on a way we never did before, right? And we even express things like jealousy when it comes up in the relationship, like friendships have jealousy, right? It's the weirdest way there's an ingredient in there, right? And again, like I talked about in the previous podcast, like jealousy is just a reminder of your admiration for them, right? Why you love them and why you want some of the things that they have, right? And you can use your friends to get there, right? So learning how to work as a team with your friends was something that me and my best friend had to really work on. And we're there now, right? But in the beginning, we were always saw each other as individuals, right? Never together, right? We were individuals from different families, from different spaces. And although we called each other family, there was still this little stigma, right? In between there that may cause a separation. That's because we didn't have enough emotional vulnerability in the relationship. So after breaking that barrier, we were able to say, no, like, this is my family, right? Like I would ride or die regardless, right? If they were blood or not. And I think that's kind of what made our relationship so much stronger was setting each other free, setting each other's um, like vulnerabilities free and allowing us to express who we really are and be accepted for who we are and how we feel and the way that we think, even if the other person doesn't agree, right? So loving our differences really brought us together. Oh, I love that. It sounds like yeah. such a beautiful relationship that you like yeah. <laughs> came up with that framework. And you're right. A lot of the things that we talked about in intimate relationships kind of play into here. But I'm curious, there's some things that I, I do think can be a little different in friendships. And I'm curious to how you would suggest going about this. So I think we, you know, we talk a little bit about the evolution of friendship and that you're not going to necessarily always be best friends with your best friend right so you talked about there with your friend like giving each other the space if the relationship's not serving how in a in a friendship because I think it's in a intimate relationship you can almost be like I need a break Mm -hmm. how do you like in a friendship vocalize that like where you don't because I feel like it's almost like I don't want to say it's more hurtful in a friendship, but I think that sometimes it could be taken in a different way. Like I think it's, you know, you could say I need space and and you could do it in both scenarios, but I feel like in a friendship it, because maybe they're just so longstanding, I could see Mm -hmm. how that would be hard to not like need a friendship breakup. Maybe we'll get into friendship breakups next, but like how could you articulate some space? Like, so you can like, maybe you're dealing with your own things. Maybe it's not serving you the friendship in the same way. How would you kind of articulate that? sounds like you and your friend gave each other a bit of a framework, but what's that middle ground of like needing a bit of a break? So before the framework, we actually took a break from each other. Did you? Okay. Yeah. So how I like to view breaks is just taking some healthy, healthy time to reflect on you and who you are becoming. Something interesting is that every seven years, your cells regenerate and you have new cells. And if that's the case, and you're becoming a new person every seven years, you are not the same as you were before. So your likes and dislikes won't be the same, 
right? And it's healthy mm-hmm. to acknowledge that biology as well, to notice that, okay, that, biochemically, I'm not the same. And that, I, that I'm not the same they, person as seven years ago. Is that why they call it the seven-year itch? Yeah. Like, <laughs> is it? Oh my gosh. That's yeah. So okay. Interesting. Yeah. So we were kind of coming up on that cusp of noticing that we were changing, we we're being different people. You know, I know my healing, you know, really took off while her, she was still finding herself. So we were in opposite areas of our life at that time when, whereas before we were always in the same place, right? And because we were all the, always in the same place, we shared a common interest, which right. gave us more to relate over. But then as yeah. we were changing, things started changing in the relationship. And again, I started having to entertain and entertain thoughts of that. Is this relationship serving me? Right? So when I noticed that I needed a break was that I needed the break to discover one, what I loved about her and whether or not I wanted to give that up. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how I like to frame a break. It's I would need to come back to you in my own way, not by being with you and hanging out with you and spending time with you, but remembering why I needed this relationship in the first place. But if I find that I didn't need it and that I couldn't do it anymore, that I would walk away because I no longer want to abandon myself and my needs. Right. I don't no longer want to suffocate myself in a relationship where I can't be who I am or express who I am, especially now that I'm changing. So we took a bit of a break and that break maybe happened roughly in about about a month, right? And then we kind of reconvened and talked again and we kind of talked about all the pain points that were happening in the relationship that caused the downward spiral, right? That caused the shift, that caused a disconnect. And from there, it created so much intimacy because we were able to go, okay, wow, like I didn't know you felt that way and I didn't know you thought that way, right? But here's what I realized in my break is that I don't want to walk away, right? And that we when we first you know became friends we made this mutual agreement that we actually wanted to be in each other's lives mutually and we wanted to be there until the end and it's funny because your friends become your soulmates too so you know so so I think your friends also you know become part of your life and part of people that you don't necessarily marry but you marry in your heart right Mm -hmm. these are people that you begin to love and you show so much love and kindness and they really know who you are right Mm -hmm. so they're no different than any relationship but express that right so Mm -hmm. say there is someone in your life where you're going hey I just need you know I need a bit of a break or I need a bit of you know space or you know change that's okay you know express that and I'm not walking away and I'm not making a decision on whether or not I want to leave I just need to remember why right Mm -hmm. I just need to know I have to get back to my roots again and once you're grounded again you can make a decision from that point forward and how it best serves you here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Right. Well, and I think it's so like it's happened to me often where like I was really close with people and maybe university or college, and then I moved away. So there was like a cooling off period, not necessarily by intention or not, but like, and then I moved back and then there's a re-engagement period or like, you know, people to your point about you're going through something similar in life. So you bond more with that certain person. I think all of those things kind of come into play. Um, if you were to say like, what's the key ingredient? And I think I have mine in my head, but, and I can say it first if you want, but like, what do you yeah. think is the key ingredient to a friendship? Well, what's yours? I think mine, yeah, yeah, mine is effort. Yeah. Like it really like comes down to me. And I think this is true again of all types of relationships, friendships, family, significant other, whatever, even you and I, right? Mm-hmm. As co-hosts. Like if if someone's not putting in the effort, then after like one, two, three, four, five times of trying, I I will stop or I'll pull away or because that effort has to be reciprocated to some point. Right. Like, so to me, it, I think the key ingredient, and I see it too, because like, because I've had friends that are from like childhood, it sounds like you as well. Like mm-hmm. if you don't keep putting in that effort, your lives do become very different, can become very different, right? Like not everyone's on the same path and will have, you know, those same shared experiences. So if you don't put in that effort, if you're not having those shared shared experiences and you're not putting in that effort to maintain or just be involved in someone's life, then I think that it just kind of fades away. It can fade away anyway. So that would be my like key ingredient in a good friendship or a long lasting friendship. Yeah. And I think you're right, right? We can get really tired and daunting and waste a lot of our time and our energy and who we are as people, giving Mm -hmm. it away to, you know, a cup that has a hole in it, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's just being like flooded out. So I love that you're noticing um, when what people fill you up and what people don't, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's really important. Um, I think I have, I think I have two things maybe that um, I think would be a great ingredient for a relationship. And the first one is kind of going off of what you were talking about, but mutual affection and learning about each other's love languages, right? So. Mm-hmm. As much as learning about your love languages stems from your significant others, it happens in your relationships too. So your friendships, 
And something that me and my partner, no, me and my partner, well, yeah, my partner, <laughs> me and my best friend talked about was how we like to love each other. And we noticed we were having a lot of conflict because she wasn't loving me the way I wanted to be loved. I wasn't loving her the way she wanted to be loved and not recognizing that each person has an individual way of showing love. Right. Mm -hmm. And are we willing to accept that that's how that person makes effort? Right. So their mutual affection. And what I noticed was that I am more of someone that likes to give words of affirmation. I'm someone that likes to encourage. I'm a very talkative lover. And then for her, she's more of a gift giver. So she loves giving gifts to show her appreciation. She loves making time for you kind of thing. So her way of loving is a little different when maybe I don't have all the time in the world to give. But getting that text from me saying, hey, you're doing a good job. How are you? Right. Or, hey, I heard you got that promotion, like amazing and cheering her on. That's actually what deep down is what she really needed too, mm -hmm. right? So we've begin, begun to accept each other accept each other's love languages even though we're at a distance right so for her again it's gift giving for me it's words of affirmation so and that could be different for everyone and for us we were willing to accept that this is the way this person loves to give love and because I fully honor and respect that person and I love this person that I'm willing to allow them to show me that love in whichever way they want to give it and I'm content receiving it Right? It does fill me up. I do mm -hmm. feel good about it. But if you don't feel good about it, you're allowed to walk away from the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And you can find what does fill you up. But we've had that compassion and mutual respect with each other where we've learned that through a lot of mistakes, obviously, and then come to this point where we have that mutual understanding. Um, another one I would say is emotional respect. And I think that's a big one because every relationship is highly emotional, <laughs> whether it's, you know, whether you're just starting out or whether it's years into the future or years in, um, every emotion, I mean, every relationship stems from the, this emotional intimacy. So creating really deep, intimate bonds and having respect for each other when we were feeling something negative towards the other person, for example, or feeling something positive towards the other person, for example, and being able to express that. And then being able to allow the other person to express that. So, you know, maybe when someone is crying, not saying, oh my God, you're okay, it's gonna be fine, stop crying, right? That's how we tell them to invalidate their feelings and no, that's not okay, right? Because we actually don't know if it's gonna be okay, right? We, we can't promise that. So what I don't like to do is I don't like to tell someone to stop crying. I don't like to offer tissues and I don't like to... Um, I don't like to say it's going to be okay because I don't know that. What if it's not going to be, I can't make any promises, right? But what I can do is be your anchor and your safety in this moment. And for us, that created so much more vulnerability between the two of us. And it created so much energy in which we want to keep exchanging between each other over and over because we want to create more emotional intimacy where there are boundaries but at the same time there's enough love and respect so I think those two are kind of the big ticket for me and what do you know that's interesting I I think you sound like you have very evolved friendships <laughs> now I do for sure what like so we talked about you know relationship red flags that I think would probably fall a lot into friendships like we said but what are some friendship like green flags Ooh, that yeah. you would say are out there 
Um, and maybe, okay, and maybe these are like green flags when you're looking to make a new friend because it is, mm. you know, harder to maybe make some friends when you're older. So what are some things in present day you would look for um, in a friend? Okay, so I can I can list off a few that, you know, come off the top of my head. Um, you share common interests. So that's a big one, being able to share common interests. But if you don't have common interests, are you okay with loving and respecting and accepting the person as they are, right? And that that's a big one. Um, you're able to share your thoughts and feelings in order to create intimacy. So you're you're open to being vulnerable with this person. Um, you listen to each other. I know in the last one, we talked about relationship red flags and not listening was a big one, but being able to listen is a green flag and active listening. Um, having conflict with each other is a green flag, um, because you need conflict in order to grow and evolve through pain. So, um, being able to have healthy conflict with them, being able to have a process in which you resolve it and knowing kind of your fight languages, I think is really, really important. Trust and honesty, I think make a really deep, meaningful, um, quality, healthy friendship. Um, emotional respect, like I talked about earlier, encouragement and celebration. That is a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that celebration because I don't feel like we like celebrate our friendships in the same way we celebrate our like in romantic relationships, right? Like you have those milestones in romantic relationships, like this is your anniversary, this is your wedding, this is like mm -hmm. those kind of pieces. But in friendship, like I don't have, I don't never celebrated like a friendship anniversary actually. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. something me, my best friend has started doing, want, will want to start doing this year after we you know had our break and we talked about it. We're like, we should celebrate how far we've come. You know what I mean? Um, so celebrating your friendships are really good and celebrating milestones within yourself that you share with your friends. So promotions, birthdays, um, you know, raises, just anything, anything at all, you know, moving out, getting a new job, whatever it is, celebrating them can really help not only aid in the support, but help keep them motivated to not only the friendship, but to whatever they're doing. So if that's really, really important. Um, mutual affection. So knowing each other's love languages is really good. Shared decision making. How many times have we all, you know, just ran around in circles just trying to decide where you want to eat? <laughs> you know what I mean? Funny. Yeah, I'm like, always the planner. And I had this debate with my friend that I mentioned the other day that we've been friends with since we were like born. Yeah. She's like, you're just so good at it. She's like trying to pile on the compliments of how good I am at planning. And I'm like, it's because you just don't want to do it, though. Like, so you've taken ownership. <laughs> of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. But that that's a really good one. And then just added support. Right. So just being there to support them, even when you don't agree. Right. So um, we don't always have to agree with the decisions of our friends, right? And I think that's what we think we have to do. But what we can do is still notice it and accept them for their decision, right? So instead of walking away, maybe taking some time to understand the decision from their point of view and understanding it from your point of view as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know there's a lot of times where my best friend and I have got into um, areas of our friendship where there were decisions we've made individually that for ourselves that didn't, you know, align with the other person. And there were times where we've had to express that we don't agree. And because we didn't agree, yeah, it created some friction, but I was able to, like, we were both able to come to a point where we're allowed to love each other, even if we don't agree with each other. So not clouding those two things and noticing that we still love each other, even if we don't agree. And even if I don't agree, that shouldn't stop you from pursuing the thing that you want to do, right? Because you need to validate that for yourself. You need to be able to make those decisions for yourself because we've set each other free, right? 
Mm-hmm. Hmm. And when it comes to, so those are some kind of like good green flags. When does it reach a point? And it sounds like you and your friend didn't get to this point because you came back to each other, but when is it like, okay, this is time to let go of this friendship. Like, is there certain like top three things you might consider when you're evaluating if it's time to let something go? Mm-hmm. Um, they put you down every chance they get. That's a big one. Um, if you're constantly around someone who just has something negative to say about you all the time, they don't lift you up. They don't make you feel loved. They don't make you feel safe. That's a really big kind of red flag. And that's an indicator that you either need to have a conversation and work this out or that you need to walk away from the relationship because if they're not willing to put that effort in to make those changes, then again, you'll be pouring into a cup with, you know, always pouring into their cup and never pouring into your own. Mm. Um, another one I would say is jealousy, right? So jealousy can really turn into deep hatred and that deep hatred could really turn into things like revenge. So we want to be careful of when those those, you know, those moments are coming up. So this could be anything from always wanting to one up you always needing to be one step ahead of you. Um, Maybe, you know, disrespecting you in any way when it does come to things that you have that they are maybe jealous of. Um, And even if they're not saying the mean comments that are swirling around in their head, it's going to come off in their energy, right? So it's going to come off in their aura and maybe passive aggressive communication. So you'll know when this is happening and we don't want it to get to hatred, but it does definitely stem from a lot of anger and resentment for themselves, which is being projected onto you. And if that can't be resolved within themselves, then this is not an a, this is not a relationship that encourages celebration and encouragement and happiness and that's where you want to make that distinction mm, quite interesting no i love that it's interesting like it really it, they probably are some of the longest lasting relationships in your lives because there is breakups there is divorce and yeah. you don't see that at, like it almost like those friendships stick or can stick around longer than some of your more intimate relationships. So very kind of like important piece of who we are. Yeah. And I think this, I guess something I've learned through my life of going through many friendships and, you know, maybe cutting off a lot of people and integrating more people into my life and just dropping friends and having friends, just, you know, that natural flow of friendship. Something I've noticed is that even if the relationship ends badly, it's taught you a large part, a taught you about a large, large part of yourself mm-hmm. and something it teaches you a lot about your boundaries and what you'll tolerate and what you won't tolerate. But I think our teachers, just like our emotions are our teachers, our friends are our teachers too. So they come to with all this, you know, pain or they come with happiness or they come with excitement or they come with jealousy and they come with all these parts of themselves so that you could also learn about a part of you, whether that came from, you know, your suffering, whether that came from your happiness, whether that came at the expense of whatever it is that it came at. It's healthy to recognize that our the people in our lives come to teach us something they come with a lesson and if we refuse to notice that lesson we'll just keep repeating the same mistakes with friends in the future right so being mindful of when you need to end the relationship or when you need to keep one is really important to make that distinction within yourself and know that everything comes with a reason everything comes with a divine purpose 
And if you are moving in kind of your divine health, then it will always move forward for you. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with us again today. Can you share a little bit about where everyone can find more information on you? Yes. So you can find me at my website at sarahjosephcertifiedcoaching.com. You can find me on Instagram, on TikTok and Twitter. And you can also check out my article, which she made digital on my five-step process. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here today, Sarah. Looking forward to next week. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino. The music credit goes to Raspberry Music and was brought to you by Style Canada. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.